Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. In Matthew 2, verse 6, it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall become a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Here we're quoting Micah. In in Micah, he's proclaiming the coming Messiah as the shepherd to God's people, which is Israel. Micah's prophesying of what's coming. And so before he even got here, he was prophesied over to be a shepherd. Shepherds have been around for years and years and years. A shepherd or a sheep herder is a person who tends herds, feeds, or guards herds of sheep. In most cases, they stayed with them so close, they nurtured them so well that they basically live with the sheep. Some of the stuff I read, they say they would have buildings, which we would classify as barns, but this is also where the shepherd would sleep. He wouldn't even go sleep somewhere else. He stayed with them. So Jesus came to earth to tend to us, to herd us to him, to feed us and to teach us the schemes of the enemy to protect us. He came to make sure that his sheep were safe. Do you realize that if you accepted the Lord into your heart, you are part of his herd? You are a sheep. If you've accepted the Lord into your life, can you just bow for me? That, that was just fun. If you're new to Bethel, or if you're never new to Bethel, or even if you've been here for 100 years, I don't know if you've ever had the church bow before. But we are. We are his sheep. This is who we are. The fun thing about it is we have the best shepherd. He loves and cares for us. Here's what Revelation says in chapter 7, verse 16 and 17. It says, They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them. And lead them to the living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He's leading us. He's leading us to the living waters. He's drawing us to himself. He wants to have a relationship with you. He draws you in. He leads us because it says he's the good shepherd. He wants nothing but the best for you. Now, do we live in a fallen world? Yes, we do. So does bad things happen? Yes. I don't want you to ever hear me talk and think that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, life will be perfect. Because all you need to do is find an honest Christian who loves Jesus and serves him every day of their life. And if they're honest, they'll tell you that the only difference is that we have somebody who will help us get through it. And there's moments in my life and there's moments where I've walked with other people through scenarios in their life that I truly do not understand how people walk through trials in this world 
without having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It feels like they are just left. I don't know about you, but in those moments, I think people question the Lord when they don't understand, but in those moments when I don't understand, if it wasn't for the Lord, I don't know what I would do. See, we get to a point where we want to understand everything about our shepherd. But how many people know that if you were looking after sheep, you are smarter than the sheep? I don't really look after sheep, but I did some reading. And as much as I refer to myself as a sheep at this moment, as I'm explaining this to you, it is not a compliment. (laughs) Trust me as you study sheep, the shepherd is always smarter. I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a God that I can explain. If I could explain everything to you about God, he would not be God. Because now my brain can explain him. And I don't know about you, but if there is a God that somebody's trying to draw you towards that they can explain every detail and give you the answers, that God is no longer a God. There are certain parts about our Lord that we have to have faith for. And it's because he's bigger than us. I don't know about you, but there's a confidence in me that when I don't understand, but I know that he does, there's just a peace there. None of us want to go to a pool and jump in the deep end if the lifeguard is wearing floaties. We want somebody to be better than us when our life depends on it. If you needed open heart surgery and I walked into the room, I hope you would be scared. There's certain parts of a relationship with God that we just need to be okay with. Because he's the shepherd, he leads us. Sheep don't really follow the shepherd going, I think it's better this way. They just follow his voice. They just follow his voice. Because they know he provides. They know he looks out for them. They know that he protects. Now there's times in our lives where we're confused. There's times in our lives where we don't understand. I get that. But if you look in your past, if you look back into your life and you understand where Jesus has been through all of it, your strength will grow and your faith in your shepherd will grow because he got you through it. And if you think back in those moments, you didn't understand either. But if you didn't understand and didn't comprehend then, but he got you through it, in the moment you're in now, if you don't understand, you can't comprehend, trust that he's going to get you through it. It's not blind faith. It's strong faith. Matthew 10, Jesus is talking about himself, and he says this in verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes not, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. It's interesting as you read when he says, I am the door. Many times back in his days, the sheep would stay almost in a cave. And so when we talk about even the stable that Jesus was born in, they didn't have barns. 
A lot of times it would just be almost a cave, a dig out that, that Jesus would have been born in. So the shepherds would find these holes and they would get the sheep in there at night to protect them because they, no other animal could get in. But the doorway they could get in. And so a lot of times the shepherd would actually sleep at the doorway. You ever try to keep a toddler in a room? So he would sleep at the doorway. So anything coming out, if the sheep had to come out or wanted to get out, they'd have to jump over him and he'd wake up. If something was trying to get in, they'd have to jump over. So when he says, I'm the door, the talking literally, they laid across the doorway. They were the door. Jesus is the door to our life if we allow him to. The only dilemma is there's too many doors we want to kick open because we think they're great. But on the other side of that door, it may look like a sheep, but it could be a wolf in sheep's clothing. And we've all experienced in those, those in our lives, and my prayer is that I'm not one of them at times. We always want to go our way, but we have to trust that the shepherd has more knowledge than us. More wisdom than us. The good shepherds would literally, as I said earlier, they would live with them. They would eat with them. They would sleep in the doorway. They would stay with them all the time. And he said it in the video, and it's so true. Do you understand that when Jesus came, when Jesus came, when we talked last week, and we said he's not worried about your mess, he's okay with your mess, When Jesus came, it says in Matthew 11, Jesus is talking and he says, the son of man came eating and drinking and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus went into the mess. Too often, ourselves included, but our unsaved loved ones, our neighbors, people in our life, I don't know about you, but I've heard it too many times. Well, I just need to get my life together. And then I can come to church. Once I get some stuff organized in my life, then maybe I can enter into a relationship with Jesus. If anybody had to get it all together to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, none of us would. None of us. Because maybe I'm the only one in the room, but there's still stuff that I don't have together. All you have to do is wait for the first snowfall and drive on the roads and you'll find out if you have it together. (laughs) How's your patience now? God bless you people. It's a snow brush. Does miraculous things. If we don't have it all together, we need to not, we don't air our dirty laundry, I get it. But sometimes your neighbor's understanding that you're not perfect actually lets them in. And see, Jesus actually went into the mess. I challenge you, if you don't have any unsaved friends that you hang out with on a regular basis, I challenge you, what are you doing for Jesus? It's always a quiet response. I'm not encouraging you to live the lifestyle. Jesus didn't live the lifestyle, but he was in it. 
He was in it. Because when you get into it, you're able to show them the love of Jesus Christ. If you stay out of it, praying that they'll find it, Jesus is sitting in heaven going, you are the answer. Go and show them. Go and show them. This Christmas time, we decorate, we celebrate the birth of our Lord. But do we tell people about him? Do we tell people about him? Is he still our top priority at Christmas time? Is he the number one on your list? Because I don't know about you, but he's the only, it's the only list that I care about. Whether I'm on the naughty list or the nice list. It's the only one. Because at the end of the day, it's the only one that counts. He eats with them. He gets into the mess. If you're here this morning, your mess doesn't scare him. Can I tell you something? Your mess doesn't scare me. We all have mess. Every one of us. We all have mess. And Jesus loves us through it. Psalms 23. Many people could recite it. But it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul he leads me in the path of righteousness and he, for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they've comforted me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just want to walk through this verse as it's talking about a shepherd. As we look at the verse and we look at it, when we invite him into our lives and we let the shepherd lead us. See, here's the thing. It's one thing to say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. It's another thing to actually follow him, right? It's another thing to follow him. Because will you trust him when he turns left and you actually want to go right? Your, your going right actually might be shorter than his left, but you're not going to learn all that you need to learn. Are you willing to trust? I love the fact that the first part is, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. I don't know about you, but I need to remind myself of this verse all the time, because how many people know we live in a society of wants? I don't know if the sources changed their slogan, but their slogan a year or two ago at Christmas was literally, I want that. You know the society has changed when they don't even hide it. Literally, I want that. This is the society we live in. And so to understand that I may not have everything I want, because if you're like me, we're selfish. There's lots of things I want. But I can truthfully tell you I'm never in need. My needs are met. I remember when we were at a conference, when, we, when I first started ministry, there was a pastor there and he was helping uh, different pastors and talking and it came up to wants and needs. And he even explained it to this point. 
So if you're having trouble with finances, here's just a little tidbit for you. One of the things he said is we all have wants and needs, but even in our needs, there's wants. And the way he presented it to us, we all need to eat, but we don't need to eat steak every night. And so even in our wants, or even in our needs, there's still wants. We need clothes, but do we need top brand name clothes? He leads us to green pastures and still waters. How many people need the Lord to slow them down? I don't know about you, but there's moments in my life where I need the Lord just to say, Chad, stop. This week, Pastor Melissa and I were able to get away to a a retreat center and just have a great time with the Lord and people pray over us and just take in a lot of teaching and learning. It's such a great week just to rest. And it's amazing if you're trying to hear the voice of the Lord, it's amazing how clear it is to hear him when you rest. When you just rest. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He forgives me. He loves on me. And because of him, he makes me righteous. You understand, it's not my righteousness. I actually put his on. The Bible tells me that my righteousness is like filthy rags. And if you really get into the translation of that, The rags that they're referring to are filthy. (laughs) So the righteousness that I try to do myself, the Bible says, are nothing but filthy rags. It's his righteousness. We just put it on. And it's through his grace and his mercy that we get to put it on. So you accept Jesus into your life, You're not even striving for it. You're just putting it on and walking in his. You follow the shepherd and he leads you. The valley of the shadow of death. I don't know about you, but we all go through hard times. Difficult times. And we're in those moments when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. We don't need to be afraid. He will walk you through. The valley of the shadow of death is this pathway. And it's in the mountains. And it's called the valley of the shadow of death because it actually doesn't get any sunlight. So this is where the robbers and everybody hangs out because it's dark and they can rob you. And so it says, when I walk through there, I'll fear no evil. Because as you walk through, whatever area you are in your life, the trials, the tough times, God is with you. He will not forsake you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I don't know about you, but sometimes, anytime my mom pulled out a rod, it was not comforting. (laughs) But the Bible says his rod and staff, they comfort me. Because see, the staff has the hook so they they can grab you and they can pull you in. So when you're getting out of the path, he can hook you and pull you. The rod is there so he can defend you and protect you from anything that's trying to attack you. And because some sheep don't like to move, it's also there to give them a little tap in the behind to get them to move. I don't know about you, but I need the hook. 
and I need the rod. And they comfort me. Because there's times, do you understand, do you remember that Jesus asked people when they came to him for healing, he asked them, do you want to be healed? It's confusing, isn't it? They come for healing and then he asks, do you want to be healed? It's him with the rod saying, if I heal you, do you have an identity outside of this? Because you've kind of made this your identity. Do you actually want out of it? Because if you get out of it, who is Chad? Is it Chad with this or is it Chad with Christ? And sometimes he asks, do you want to be healed? Because will he stretch you out of it? Will he deliver you from even ourselves? You prepare a table before me, or you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I don't know about you, but this just encourages me that when everybody else is upset and they're freaking out, but I know I actually have done nothing wrong, so I'm just sitting with the Lord and enjoying a dinner, and everybody else is upset, and you're kind of like, I'm good. I don't say that in ego or egotistically or anything like that, but it's, it's nice to know that you don't have to fight your battles. Do you realize that? In the midst of it all, he's got you. To a point where not only does he say rest, he says sit down and eat. Yeah, but everybody's surrounding me. Let them. I'll look after it. Just rest. He anoints my head with oil. Not only can this oil represent his anointing and grace, but here's what you need to understand. Shepherds would anoint the sheep. They would put oil on them. At the end of the day, when they came back, as they were going in, they would examine them all for hurts and scrapes and stuff because the oil would protect them and help heal them. So as you get scraped up every day, the Lord wants to cover you and protect you. I also found out sheep are weird. This was applied in the morning to keep bugs away. Does anybody ever heard of nose flies? So nose flies. Man. Hope everybody's ready for lunch. Nose flies are attracted to sheep. And they try to get up their nose. If they get up their nose, they lay eggs. It just gets better. I'd like to share my wisdom and knowledge with you this morning. If the eggs hatch, no, no, it gets better. Worms go farther up and dig in. And they irritate so much And the inflammation happens so much to the sheep that the sheep will bang their heads off of trees and rock and the ground to try to get the pain to stop to the point, in some cases, it's so intense that the sheep may even kill itself. It's hitting so hard. In some cases, it causes blindness. Might I stretch you this morning and take this in for a moment and go I don't know about you but some of the big things in life that are right out in front of me I can handle but sometimes it's the small little things in my life that I don't even realize are there for a little bit 
but they bury deep inside. And as the word of God says, when sin comes in, once it's planted, it gives birth to death. And I don't know about you, but there's big things I can handle, but sometimes it's the small little things, it's the stresses, it's the day-to-day things that get inside and they burl in. Anybody ever feel like in a moment in your life you're banging your head off a brick wall? Not literally, we're talking metaphorically here. Right, everybody? Do we understand that when we follow the shepherd and we put his anointing on every morning, every day, that the protection is there so these little things don't get into our hearts. But we have to recognize that when they're in our hearts, when they're in our heads, we have to take them to the Lord and give it to him. See, we are smarter than a sheep. You need to go to the shepherd. There's moments in your life where we need to go to the shepherd and look for the oil to cleanse us to get these things out of us because they take root and we need to break them off in our spirit. And we need to be set free. Because sometimes these things, they may not lead to your death physically, but spiritually. I believe there's many people today serving the Lord that are spiritually blind because of things that have taken root in their lives. And we haven't gone to the shepherd for his grace and his anointing and his mercy to cleanse us. Because unlike a shepherd that looks after sheep, he can't really get in and get it. But our shepherd can dig in and get inside and unroot what's been rooted in us. Things that are rooted in us that are from our family that we don't even know are there. But these things... If we don't take them to the Lord, they will hurt us. He will take you, mess and all, this great shepherd. And as Psalms 23 says, he will lead you if you follow. You need to follow. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do you know him this morning? Are you following him this morning? Are you seeking after him? Matthew 9.35 says this. Then Jesus went about all the cities, villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary, scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Ruth shared a word with me this morning. I'm going to get Ruth to come and share and I think Did you have something you'd like to share as well? So do you want to bring the mic and come on up with her? Ruth came to me during the worship and she had a word to share. And when she shared it with me, I said, "Ah, this is going to work nicely right at the end of the message. It also speaks into next week's message. So it's kind of cool. 
So the word that the Lord gave me was um, privilege. Um, I thought, where's this going to go? But it, the word kept going privilege. Um, and so what came from that is it is our privilege to serve the Lord. He has given us the gift of salvation, and um, we cannot repay that gift in any way. There, there's absolutely no way we can repay our salvation. But he has given us the opportunity and the privilege to honor him by serving him. And the scripture that came to mind was Luke four eighteen and 19, and it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he's given us the privilege through the word to duplicate what he has already done. It's kind of like, there's the road, just walk it. And it takes us to be confident and bold in our salvation to share it. And it was, I thought, well, I don't know how it's going to go with Pastor Chad's message. But when I listened to it, I thought, yeah, it does. It ties in very well in the fact that, as he has said, maybe we don't have anybody in our life that is unsafe. Maybe we're just circled by born-again believers and our world is pretty tight. But... I will encourage you that the best thing that you can do this Christmas is to seek out someone that does not know the Lord and show the love of Christ through doing these things, what it says in Luke 4. So this morning you were one of two people in the room. As we close, you are either somebody who is still in your mess and you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you need a relationship with Jesus Christ to help get you out of the mess... One of these people at the front are here to pray with you. If you're here and you say, no, Chad, I'm already in a relationship with Jesus Christ, then great. You need to hear the other part of the message, which is now you are responsible to go share that message to help other people get out of their mess. But explain to them that Jesus loves them in their mess, but he loves them too much, just as he loves you too much, to leave you in it. And so this morning, those are the only two people in the room. And so if you're in your mess and you want out of it, come let one of these people pray with you if you've got Jesus in your life and he's helping you get through the mess and you need prayer come and see somebody at the front but if you've got Jesus in your heart your responsibility this Christmas season is to share Christ with other people so I'm going to pray and we're going to dismiss and if you're new to the church if you need prayer come and when you're done join us in the gym but if you're new to the church and you want to just hang out with us for a bit meet us in the gym Simple Dreams is selling their passport to savings in the foyer. is a great fundraiser for them as a ministry through our church. And so help them buy, buy some passports. And it'll just help bless that ministry. So Father, we thank you for this morning. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for speaking to us and through us. Encouraging us, Father, but sharing us with the, sharing the responsibility to us, Father. It is now our responsibility to go and share your love. And Father, I pray for everyone in the room that raised their hand and the ones that were too scared to raise it, that Father, you have broken things off of them today in the name of Jesus Christ. And they are set free in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that even at the moment, they will come for more prayer. 
They will seek your face. Lord, help us all this Christmas season to seek your face, to honor you and serve you. So Lord, protect us and keep us. Lead us this week. Let us be a light for you, Lord. Let us show your love to people. And Father, keep us safe on these wonderful roads. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. If you need prayer, go to the front. Lots of people want to pray with you this morning. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 